uh, as I mentioned, um, we're, we're going to read in just a moment or two uh, how Jesus said from the cross, it is finished. He actually musters up the strength and the energy on the cross now, to cry out with a loud voice, it is finished. And so the first thing that we want to do tonight as we begin to really dive into and reflect on that phrase is we really just want to stand in awe of Jesus. I imagine that, uh, that we all have uh, different reactions when we think about finishing something. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, people struggle to finish things. Uh, they'll start something and then, um, <clears throat> you know, they'll only get like halfway through and then they start another project and they leave that project unfinished. Uh, and so, so we might uh, kind of connect with that and say, yeah, I struggle to finish things. Uh, other people um, uh, might get mostly done. They're mostly finished, but there's just a uh, just a, a little thing here and a little thing there that, that remains undone, and uh, you'll get to it eventually, but you start another project. And I'm told that some things never finish. I'm told that, you never, that you're never finished being a parent. You parent in different ways, uh, but you're never finished being a parent. Um, and then there are things like some of the pictures that we saw where um, they're finished, but that finish is only temporary. <laughs> uh, go feed the dog. Okay, Dad, I'm finished. That doesn't mean you're finished forever, and you're going to have to do that job again later, right? Go clean your room. I'm finished. Okay, that's fine. We're going to have to come back to it a week later. Believe me, I know. We're going to have to come back to it a week later, and we're going to have to finish that same project again, right? Sometimes we finish something, but that finish is only temporary. Tonight, we stand amazed at Jesus. Because Jesus said it is finished, it is completed, it is accomplished. And one thing that we'll say over and over again is that what he finished is finished, and it will never be less finished. <clears throat> it's not like uh, the, the messy room, and it's not like the dog dish. What he finished is finished, and it will never be less finished. It will continue to be finished forever. And so tonight we stand amazed at uh, the finished work of Jesus. Now, I want you to just kind of hold on to that thought and, and uh, I don't know, maybe grab something in the air to, you know, physically <laughs> grab a hold of it. But, but grab a hold of it and just kind of put it on the shelf for a minute. Um, I want to I just uh, begin to shift gears with you a little bit and just ask you, what does your life look like when you finish something? When I finish something, uh, I'm, I'm likely to go do something fun, probably with the boys. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe we'll take a little trip somewhere, or maybe we'll uh, jump on the trampoline uh, with water balloons, or uh, maybe we'll go to a park and we'll uh, play ball for a little while. Um, uh, and, and maybe another expression of what my life looks like when I have finished something is um, I'll sink my teeth into another project that's way different than the project I just finished, right? If I've been writing and studying a lot, then I want to do something else that I can just kind of zone out on and focus on a different project altogether. Um, go ahead and chime in on Zoom and Facebook. Let us know what, what does life kind of look like for you when you finish something. 
Uh, tonight we want to talk about, about really just two things that Jesus finished. Now, uh, as I kind of did research and studied this, uh, I found uh, some people said, oh, he finished these two things. Other people said, oh, he finished these four things. Other people said, oh, he finished 11 things on the cross. And, and none of those are bad. None of those are wrong. I'm just saying we're taking a pretty narrow perspective and we're diving in on just, just trying to you know, understand two things that he finished from the cross. Uh, the first thing that he finished is suffering. So um, if you have that Band-Aid uh, available and next to you, I want you to just grab it uh, and, and just kind of hold on to it. Uh, I'll tell you what to do with it in just a couple of minutes. But, but just hold on to that Band-Aid for now uh, while we're talking about him uh, finishing the work of suffering. Uh, it's important tonight that we just kind of remember uh, the suffering that he experienced. It started last night uh, when uh, the soldiers came to arrest him and those that were closest to him ran away. He had done life with these guys for the last uh, three years. Uh, they were deep, deep friends. Uh, they were like family together. And when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, they deserted him. Uh, Jesus was mocked uh, repeatedly for the, the things that he said and the claims that he made. Uh, Jesus was, was literally physically beaten with rods and with fists. Uh, Jesus was lashed 39 times. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen it played out in a movie, but, but they would have uh, chained his body to a post because when you receive this kind of beating, you, you tend to try to run away or get away, and, and they wanted to prop you up so they could lash you properly. Uh, the lash was, um, the whip was made of leather, and, and it had bits of bone and brick woven in it so that it would catch the flesh on your back and, and rip you open as you were whipped. Uh, they, they took a, a, a bunch of thorns and they twisted those thorns into a crown, and they, they smashed that crown of thorns onto his skull. And they took nails that were like tense spikes, and they drove those nails through his wrists and through his feet. Jesus suffered greatly on this night. But just remember, when Jesus said, it is finished, he was saying, this is finished, this is completed, this is accomplished, my suffering is over. And, and what he finished is finished, and it can never be less finished. It, it will continue to be finished forever. So when his suffering comes to an end, it comes to an end. And he will never suffer again. So, so take that band-aid and, and just simply put it aside. Uh, because Jesus finished that work of suffering now, here's the point of that. Here's the good news, right? The, the good news for us is that when he says it is finished, it changes our perspective on life. Because now when I'm facing suffering and I'm facing trouble and I'm facing difficulty, I know that Jesus said it is finished. And so I know that those things don't last forever. That trouble and difficulty and suffering comes to an end. So when I'm facing those things, trouble and difficulty and sorrow, I can still have hope 
Remember, uh, you've probably heard me say this before. Hope is not a vague wish that something will get better. Hope is a certainty that something better is going to come. And so when we face struggles and we, when we face trouble, when we face difficulty, we can still have hope knowing that Jesus cried out from the cross, it is finished. His suffering was complete. His suffering was, ac was accomplished. And so will ours. The suffering of Jesus came to an end. That Jesus cried out, it is finished. The second thing uh, that we want to think about, and this will take us a, a, a little bit more time, uh, he finished the work of atonement. Now, nobody really talks like that anymore, so we need to take some time to really uh, dive into what that means. He finished the work of atonement. So we're going to just talk about what is atonement and, and why was atonement needed and, and how in the world is atonement accomplished? If we just talk about what it is, it's, uh, the word itself just means to cover over. But I don't want you to uh, get the wrong picture. I think of something, you know, kind of big and bulky on a table, and, and you cover over it, and then, oh, you know, you still kind of know it's there, right? <clears throat> That's not what atonement is. Atonement is the kind of thing where you, you, you throw a, a, a towel or, or a blanket over it, and, and it's like a magic trick. It falls flat on the table, and whatever was underneath disappears. Uh, atonement means to cover over or to remove sin. That's kind of the Old Testament definition. Uh, the New Testament definition is uh, to reconcile or restore relationships, uh, to bring things back together. So uh, if you've got your puzzle piece or your nut and bolts or whatever you chose, uh, I want you to just go ahead and, and get that. And, uh, and I've got mine here. This is an oversized puzzle piece that I created earlier uh, in hopes of helping us kind of understand what atonement is. Um, uh, really, uh, we've got the, the God puzzle piece, right? And we would just say that God is holy. He is complete. Uh, he is perfectly good. And me, you... Us, we are not holy. We are not perfect. We are not completely good. Uh, since the beginning of Scripture, we know that God wants to be connected to us. But uh, since he at his core, at his core character is completely holy and perfect and good, he can't mix with us because that would, that, that would make him less holy and less perfect and, and less good. So he's got two choices. He can stay away from us, or he can make a way for our sin to be covered over. He can make a way for atonement. So stick with me here, right? Because we know that God has good news, that it's good news that, that he wants to make atonement happen, that he absolutely wants to be near us and connected to us. And so God made a way for atonement to happen. He, he made this thing called the Day of Atonement. Uh, you can read about it in Leviticus 16. Uh, Leviticus is not a very exciting book, so that's just a warning if you go and look it up on your own. But, but you can read about this in Leviticus 16. He told the people, look, I want you to do this, this kind of annual ceremony once a year to atone for your sin. And when your sin is atoned for, then we can be reconnected. 
And here's what the Day of Atonement looked like. There were two goats involved. Uh, the, the first goat was killed, and the blood was, was sprinkled on the altar. The altar symbolized the presence of God. And so all of a sudden, uh, there was a, a sacrifice made. There was a payment made. That goat uh, pay, uh, died the death that we should have died, that the people should have died. And the blood was spilt on the altar as a way of connecting the people and God. Uh, the second goat was used very symbolically. Um, uh, the, uh, the priest would, would put the sins of the people on that goat, and then he would send that goat off into the wilderness. And that goat was sent off in the wilderness to die, meaning that goat was never going to return, and the sin of the people was never going to return. It was removed forever. So when Jesus says, it is finished, that's my day of atonement. That's your day of atonement. When he says, it is finished from the cross, we know that Jesus was the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. That we know that, that the blood that he shed uh, the, the death that he died is the death that we should have died. We know that uh, our sin, my sin, was buried with him in the tomb. Uh, the book of Hebrews tells us that that, that once-a-year sacrifice wasn't needed anymore because the sin of all people was covered over. Your separation from God, <laughs> that's over. Your sin, covered over. When Jesus said, it is finished, it's our day of atonement. And remember, this isn't, um, uh, you know, finished now and unfinished later. <laughs> this isn't like a messy room that, that, you know, gets put nice and neat in place, and then all of a sudden it's going to be messed up later. No, no, those sins, all sins were paid for in that moment. It is finished. Now and forever. Your atonement, your connection to God is finished. So what does life look like now? <laughs> well, life looks like the woman at the beginning of our time together. The woman who was reflecting on those moments of sin, those moments of messiness that she wished she could undo that she wished she could hide and, and cover over, but she couldn't do it on her own. She needed a Savior, a Savior who would come to her aid and cover over all the things that she wanted to cover. That's what life looks like now that it is finished. Um, life looks like those puzzle pieces or the nut and the bolt, or whatever you have, put back together. When Jesus said, it is finished, he, he reunited us to God. He reconnected us to God, and that connection can never, ever be undone. What is finished is finished now and finished later. I'd like to just uh, read uh, some lyrics. I don't normally do this, but these are some lyrics from a song called It Is Finished. 
And I would love for you to go and listen to it, but what I want to ask you not to go and listen to it tonight, listen to it on Sunday. <laughs> Sometimes we move too quickly to what happens on Sunday, and and we miss the significance and the importance of it. So uh, just write this down and then go and listen to it Sunday morning. It's called It Is Finished by Hillsong. And, and I just want to read some of the lyric because the lyric is powerful in helping us to picture what life looks like now that Jesus said, it is finished. The cross is my beginning. The line is drawn in the sand. It's the end of all my striving. Now I am born again. There on the cross, Jesus was forsaken. So I will never be. His grace is my salvation. The gift of God, the work of Calvary. It is done. It is finished. The cross needs no addition. His mercy is complete. His love is not in question. The Son of God has spoken over me. It is done. It is finished.